0: Welcome to Mastering the Attention Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Ari Lewis. Human attention is a scarce resource that millions of companies across the globe are fighting for. Once a week, I interview entrepreneurs, executives, and industry leaders on how they earn attention for their brands using social content and media. Today's guest is Max Rafaga. Max is the founder of Finimize, the world's best finance community. If you enjoy the podcast, consider signing up for my paid community for founders, marketers, and brand builders. Visit brandstreet.co, use the coupon code Ari for 25% off a monthly or yearly subscription. I hope you enjoy.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me and uh, really excited about uh, the conversation that we're about
0: to have. So I wanted to start off with, you know, yeah, you you've had already a, a distinguished career and, and you're building this amazing community, but... Um, I want to start off with your, with your birth. So you, you grew up in Berlin. Um, and may, maybe not many of our readers are my fault. Not many of our listeners know this, but, um, you know, Berlin in, in up until, you know, the, the, the late eighties was broken up into, to four sectors and you lived in the American sector. So you had a fairly American upbringing. Can you talk about, um, you know, how that has sort of, Helped influence your career and growing up as essentially an American, even though you were you were in Germany. Yeah, so uh, so so I uh, I grew up in in
1: what used to be the American sector um, in Berlin, and uh, that's where I learned English, and I went to um, a German American school there and uh we had school buses that were operated by uh the american army um and so we would have like a gi at the front of the bus and stuff like that um in the early 90s uh, when i was just entering elementary school um and that was a that was a really unique experience um and i think then throughout my entire school career um or school journey i uh i obviously was exposed to um english as in british but also primarily uh, obviously american uh culture and and uh, and people and and had a lot of friends there uh, and i think what that did is uh it um it really opened that whole world uh for me um and uh as a result i ended up studying uh in the us and in the uk um i spent a lot of time in the, in the us uh, i have a lot of uh friends from there and i think you know specifically now when i when i look at finomize i think i've uh, been building a very um sort of anglo-saxon kind of business where it's really really mission driven uh really focuses on on, on brand building on, on all these soft factors which i think is a very um american way of building businesses uh, as opposed to perhaps um you know a classic german startup which i think is much more focused on um, really being amazing at transactional businesses, or really being amazing at uh, paid marketing, I think uh, we take that much more sort of mission-driven um, brand-building uh, approach to the way we build. And so I think uh, that's sort of in a weird kind of way how how the circle uh, closes for me.
0: Yeah, and I think that's sort of a, a good transition into you know you you launched Finimize in um, twenty sixteen, and um, it started off as a as a newsletter. Um, and the goal was to, you know, just educate folks on, on finance. How did you come up with sort of realizing that there was an opportunity here? Cause you know, if you think about sort of the, the sector you're in and you, and you told people about what you were doing, probably before you actually started executing on it, they're like, oh, this is so crowded, right? You, you have Reddit out there. You have all these professional tools out there. Um, you know, there, there is a lot to learn about, um, you know, public public markets and, and you still realize that there was an opportunity and to your guys credit, you've really, you know, crushed it and executed on it. But how did you think about differentiating yourself in the beginning and realizing that there was that opportunity to be different than what was already out there?
1: That's a good question. I think for, uh, for, for us, uh, the whole reason, I think why we are a mission driven company is because I, I started Finimize out of a personal experience that I had Um, and so what happened was I uh, was saving up money every month by taking money from my salary onto and putting it onto a savings account and I did this for multiple months and I woke up one day and I realized fantastic news was that I I, I built up uh, some savings which was great but the follow-up question was what do I do with those savings and my first step was I went to go see a financial advisor Um, The problem was that the moment I walked through the door of the financial advisor, I noticed that they'd laid out the brochures onto the table and I noticed that each brochure had their logo on it. And so for me, it became apparent very quickly that this was going to be a sales pitch for their own products rather than them genuinely wanting to help me. And I knew straight away that wasn't the right solution for me. And so I went back home and I started to uh, inform and educate myself as much as I could online. And as you said, there are a lot of resources out there, but the reality was I found it's it's a very, very convoluted space and I found it really, really difficult to wrap my head around things, even though I'd studied economics and I wasn't a complete layman. And what then happened was that I would meet friends in the evenings and a lot of them were uh, finance professionals and I would bombard them with all the questions that I had from my self-education throughout the day. and. At the same time, I kept bumping into people who were in the same position as I was so they they were lacking the, the really deep finance knowledge. But what they didn't have is that community around them of people like I had who could help empower them to make the right financial and investment decisions. And so that for us was uh, or for me was the genesis moment um, of finomize and I started to dive a bit deeper and, and, and I found out that 86% of people in this millennial age bracket where, where we both are in, um, save each month like I was, but they were keeping half of their savings in cash because as I experienced myself, there, there wasn't a suitable way to get that financial information that you needed. And uh, and that's really what was the starting point uh, for Finemise. So um, hopefully that, that that answers your question.
0: No, that, that really does a, a good job of answering it. You know, one of the things that uh, I would, I would love as a follow up question to that is, you know, obviously, um, when you started, you know, the, the newsletter scene and it, it wasn't as maybe saturated as it was now, but, no, but, but nonetheless, um, you know, I think about, uh, uh, finance and, you know, it's a very, uh, sensitive topic, especially because like, you know, if you look at some of these daily news, uh, newsletters, you know, it's, it's not as sensitive in the sense of like people's, you know, monetary decisions aren't being put on the line. You know, how did you guys make sure that folks trusted you to, to be someone where, Hey, you know, you can read our newsletter and like trust what we're saying. And, and because I think that's such an important factor, especially in, in, in the uh, category that you guys are in.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think, uh, as you say, I think there's a there's a plethora of, of business uh, newsletters out there, um, and 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 I think the 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 responsibilities uh, of such outlets um, are perhaps less than ours, uh, where you know we do really do a deep dive in, into people's uh, f- uh, finance financial lives, um, and the reason why people trust us is because uh, we from day one have put a really, really big emphasis on the quality of our content. And so one of the things that I think we've done differently to any other um, content outlet out there in this space is we we haven't hired journalists, uh, we've actually hired ex-bankers, ex-analysts. So uh, the people who write the content um, have at least five, most of them have at least 10 years of industry expertise. So. Uh, we recently hired a lady who was a, a private wealth manager at Goldman Sachs for five years and then became an equity research analyst uh, at Goldman Sachs for another five years. So 10 years in total at, at uh, one of the uh, w- one of the most prestigious banks out there. Our VP of content uh, also comes from Goldman Sachs. Uh, we have other analysts from Fidelity, from Schroeders, etc. So these are people who have really, really deep expertise. In this in this space in this domain, and that's bec- and that's for us has been super crucial from day one to set the bar really really high, and I think as a result people really um, trust in the content that we put out, and I think what's important to highlight here is we never ever give any recommendations or advice. Um, what what we what we want to do is we want to give our audience all the information and all pr- and, and sort of highlight all the different angles that there are. So that they can go and make an informed decision. Uh, what we will do, some, and this is this is a, a sort of a more recent um, content format that's been uh, receiving really, really positive feedback, is we're now allowing our analysts to share their views uh, that are informed by certain trends or data or, or, or data patterns that they've um, that they've found. But they ne- will never say, "Hey, you should sell or buy this." They will just try and help you spot. Interesting investment opportunities and trends uh, through the content that they put out every single day.
0: So one of the things that um, I, I really like about what you, what you said there, but also you know if you go on your website and and I uh, did some research um, for this interview, is that you're really specific in in what you're offering and and in in your product offerings. And I guess my question um, as as it relates to that is, do you think that is um, you know, helpful for the business in the long run in the sense that, you know, what we're seeing now is there's some competitors, or maybe you don't consider them competitors, more complementary. And we talked about this beforehand, but companies like public or, or you know, um, common stock, where in addition to being sort of this community um, for talking about, you know, public equities, you can actually trade on the platforms. You know, how do you think about um, as, you know, what we'll call and for, for, for lack of a, a better word, I, I saw this word yesterday and I'm gonna start using it as, you know, the social plus um, network groups as a, you know, hate quoting the Andreessen Harwitz uh, um, article, but um, you know, do you feel like that you guys need to offer something else? Do you feel like your offerings are, are, are good enough? And like how, how have, you know, users responded to these, these new social plus offerings that we're beginning to see emerge in the, finance community?
1: Yeah. So I think there's, uh, I think over the last couple of years there has been a really big surge in investment platforms and investing tools. So obviously Robinhood is, a is at the forefront of all, of all of this. And I think what you've seen is, uh, there's been huge amounts of venture capital money that's, that, that have flown, uh, or have flooded that, that space. Um, and as a result, there's been a lot of tooling. Uh, that's that's come to the market, and I think what we're going to see now is that there's a that there's a new generation of investors. Um, and for us, uh, c- coming back to the very specific uh, offering, you know, we, we 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 do not target day traders. Like if you want to be a day trader, then we're not the platform for you. We're not going to give you a day trading idea. Uh, we want slight, somewhat more, uh, I guess, refined or or or, or somewhat more long term um investors um who we are catering to um, and so i think now we're here, what you're going to see with that new generation of investors is they're going to ask for new information platforms and i think you're starting to see that in the in the research space so i don't know the guys but i but, I, but i'm a, a you know I, I i've seen their product like uh adam finance trying to disrupt uh the bloomberg uh terminal um and the way that we think about what we're doing is we're the old ways of getting information, A, they were all locked up uh, within large institutions and weren't really available to to retail investors and B, the outlets that there are, whether it's uh, financial news outlets or whether it's uh, any kind of sort of Web 1.0 or even Web 2.0 um, uh, if investing or financial information platforms, I think those are not the platforms that this new generation of investors uh, want to use, and we are positioning ourselves uh, to become that platform. Um, so that's really where we see our sweet spot. Um, and you know, any of these other platforms that are out there, we we really view, you know we, we, we partner with a lot of them, um, and we view them as sort of a different piece within the value chain um, of of this whole investment world
0: so would would you consider like uh, a reddit and maybe even more specifically like a subreddit like wall street bets a a competitor of yours or do you feel like um you know your competitor slash like let's call it the customer journey discovery for 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 someone who's signing up is actually more of someone who you know maybe just graduated college and wasn't on any of this and is like looking to make their first investment you know how do you think about like that, that uh, ideal customer and like what that customer journey looks like specifically on that, that initial acquisition side.
1: Yeah, I think um, the way so, so, so it's interesting because we just finished um, an internal piece uh, and we talked about this before the recording around, you know, really nailing your, your, your value proposition and your brand promise. And so we just uh, last quarter spent a lot of time looking at who is our core customer, who's our, what is the brand promise that we want to deliver on? For us, the, the, what, we, what we found out was that the core customer really that we have is what we like to describe as a casual investor. So this is a um, a, a young professional, uh, so not not a student, but uh, someone in their late twenties, early to mid thirties, um, who has some cash lying around on the side and. Wants to take a more active role in, in investing it um, for a variety of reasons. Um, so they don't want to just go and put it into a robo advisor, for instance. And uh, and and it's really t- for that user um, that that we that we've been building uh, the platform. And I think you said a key word here, which is discovery. And so you know what we know from our users is that they use us for a lot of discovery uh, and inspiration. And so um, when they come to us. Uh, versus, for example, a subreddit, uh, one of the things that we do provide is uh, curation, number one. So uh, our analysts curate everything. And so you you can really trust that someone who knows what they're talking about is is taking a look and is saying, OK, here's what's interesting and anything that's not interesting is just noise and I'm going to cut it out. And so that saves you a lot of time, which brings me to the next point, which is our, this casual investor who's our core customer is very time poor so they're not happy to spend um, hours sort of scrolling and browsing through through forums they they want to spend maximum 15 minutes per day to really inform themselves and get the lowdown. and so that that's another uh, reason why they come to us and then i think the final reason for us is um the ultimate product or the, or the fundamental product that we are selling we like to think of it as insight So we do not give you uh, breaking news. We do not give you news summaries. We do not give you uh, stock recommendations. We give you insights. And so in order to have an insight, you need to have someone who truly understands the the field, which brings me back to this hiring analyst. And and, and they then give you an interesting angle that you haven't perhaps thought about yourself. So I'll give you uh, one final sort of anecdote there. So we do have also obviously students but we also do have very sophisticated um uh, finance professionals so one of them is a uh, very high up in one of the largest investment banks in the world and uh, he reads our, our content and he says you know i read the content not necessarily because i i'm not aware of what's going on but i read it because of the takeaways and the angles that you guys come up with which i'm uh, i, I might have not come up with myself and that's really what's interesting um, and so it's really around Delivering the insight, that's something that you can't get on Google or that you can't get on subreddit, etc. Which is not to say that these platforms aren't aren't you know providing value by any means, it's just um, we have a very specific value proposition that we are trying to
0: deliver. So, you know, I think that brings up an interesting point. Um, you talked about unique um, viewpoints that you guys offer, but you wouldn't consider yourself a, a, a publisher. Um, you you know you ran yourselves as sort of a, a community. What what made you go down the path of building a paid community versus you know I think we've seen in Morning Brews the obvious example probably to our uh, listeners, but there's other companies out there like um, uh, Industry Dive and and um, other you know newsletter companies that um, are, are majority of their revenues coming from advertising, and, and you decided to sort of pursue a different route. What what motivated that decision, and how did you feel that you know comfortable that the the user would end up um, paying for for a membership? Because I would imagine, especially in, in your industry, that sponsors would pay a lot of money to advertise, um, you know, on a newsletter, and that would be something where you could probably just sustain on advertisement alone.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think there's a couple of points there. So, number one, uh, we also offer advertising. Um, so we're, we we do not just do subscription, um, although subscription for us is kind of the, uh, one of our core focuses, but, but if you are an advertiser and, and, and we have a lot of financial brands from, uh, fintechs like square all the way to brokers like Charles Schwab who do advertise with us. Um, so that definitely is something that we are doing. Um, but I think the, the, for us, the. The the core that we've been really really focused on has been building out our subscription uh, or our membership, um, and and there's a couple of reasons for that. I think number one is I think obviously uh, building a membership is a much more defensible and uh, in my view also in the long term valuable um, business than um, being dependent on uh, external. Um, funds via via by advertisers and so we like to have have a have a diversified revenue stream um, and then I think to come to your to come to your community question to be totally honest that, that just happened very organically um, our community um, became a thing um, what happened was we we hosted a, w- one day we said hey let's go meet our users and we met them in a bar and like 50 people showed up and the the entire bar was taken over by finomizers and we then did it over and over and over again and soon we had like two three four hundred people showing up and then what happened was people would email us and and say hey can you do this in la or can you do this in new york can you do this in sydney and we said we'd love to do this but we obviously can't fly around the world um hosting meetups even though it would be an amazing lifestyle and so we um developed a playbook that allowed people to host meetups all over the world. And that then became a huge catalyst for us. Um, We host a meetup pretty much every single day of the week uh, somewhere around the world. And this is all 100 percent driven by our community. So by our community hosts, all on a fully voluntary basis. We don't pay them or or incentivize them in any kind of way. Brings me back to the to the mission. They really believe in the mission. Um, and and then I think to answer the question of, you know, why do, why do we think of ourselves as community business rather than a pure play uh, publisher? I think we've, we have two pillars. One is we have our content. So we want to give people super high quality content that gives them insights. And then we have our community. and The community um, is the extension of the content. And so what I mean by that is, you know, it's one thing for us to explain to you, hey, that um uh, sustainable investing is a really interesting trend blackrock just doubled down on this and this is something you should look at it's another thing to then speak with other people who perhaps have just started to make their first investments in esg um etfs or any kind of esg funds um, and to really learn from their experiences which brings me back to that uh, foundational story that I, that i shared at the beginning having that community around you of people who who can share their experiences and their know-how with you is super, super valuable. And is definitely one of the core things that, uh, that our users cherish um, about what we do. And so the way that we sum it up is, you know, our underlying product thesis is uh, people come for the content and they stay for the community.
0: That's that's a really great answer. And sorry, in the beginning, by the way, I I knew you did advertising. I sort of just meant as a uh, exclusive revenue path rather than part of a, a bigger, a bigger revenue strategy. But, um I think you know just talking about the the community aspect of of um what what you all are doing um you know on your website it it says now you you are all in 40 um cities I don't know if it's even even more than that um but how 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 did you guys adjust to covid um for for these community um meetups and and do you think um the virtual like, I assume you're you're doing virtual experiences now you know, do you think that is is actually helping even further build the community? Because maybe people who couldn't connect in the past together are now connecting over the internet.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I think so. When 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 COVID hit, um, we were a hundred percent offline meetups, and I think that was really powerful because there there was a there's a lot. You know, as you, as you mentioned yourself earlier on, finance really. Revolves around trust, and there's just so much trust that gets built if you meet someone face to face. And what we found was that having offline meetups was super crucial. Uh, was a really crucial starting point to then bringing that conversation online. Right. So we have, we do have um, chat groups, for example, with our with our um, premium members, and and the most active chat groups are those that have met previously at an offline meetup because they've established that trust, but when covid hit we went 100% virtual um, and that actually went pretty pretty uh, smoothly i have to say in hindsight and what that's allowed us to do is it's it's taken away the some not all uh, of the restrictions of geography we still have time zones obviously but we used to think of our of our community offering very much in terms of uh, local communities so you know, we have a very active community in Australia, we have a very active community in Africa and, you know, all over the world. And and, and the interesting thing was having these hosts pick up the topics uh, that are interesting for the local communities, right? So we obviously don't know what's, what's, what is the most pressing financial topic that people want to find out about in Nigeria or in Sydney, so our hosts would do that. And I think now what we're seeing is that we don't need to create that um, geographical uh, constraint anymore uh, because with virtual you can connect way more people and so we are starting now to really organize everything around topics rather than around um, geographical locations and the final point that I'll say there is it's uh, it's been really exciting because it's allowed us to connect way more people so last year we collected uh, around about 10 to 15,000 people who had physically met at, uh, at meetups somewhere around the world this year, we've already connected 30,000 people. So we've uh, uh, 3X'd it. Um, and uh, and, and, that, and that's the really exciting part is that you're able to just scale it much more efficiently, obviously, online.
0: Do you ever, do you got, do? try to think how to word this question? I, I guess the best way to, to ask it was, is there ever an aha moment for you know a, a user where they go from, let's say, casual, peruser of the app or, or casual newsletter subscriber to, you know, paying, paying member or joining, you know, one of, one of the communities, you know, is is there something that y'all are doing internally or, or is there something that like, you know, after 30 opens or, or 10 minutes a day in the app, you know, do you, do you have an aha moment that you're trying to, to get for, for that user so they, they begin to convert into a, a paid member?
1: But yeah, so I think the, the, the thing that we've realized, and I think there's a lot of, uh, um, you know, the, the Financial Times has done a lot of research. I think the New York Times, a lot of these very established players have, have looked into what is a, what is a key engagement driver in a pure content play. I'm not even talking about community here. Um, and it typically revolves around frequency and then intensity or depth. Um, and, what we find for us, and we've done a lot of research on this now is uh, frequency is the number one um, indicator that someone is gonna find enough value to get um, a subscription or to once they have a subscription to actually stick around. Um, and that, you know, makes sense coming back to that core customer that I was talking about earlier, you know, they wanna have that bite size. And so we're not optimizing to, to, for you to, uh, be in the app for five hours a day. Where what we re- find find is is more valuable for the user, and therefore more valuable for us is getting the user back, um, let's say five five days in a row for for ten minutes, rather than uh, one day for five hours. Uh, so frequency for us is one of the things that that we that we've noticed as a is a, is a huge value driver. And then the second piece is, um, we see community as a huge retention driver for us. So once you do have a subscription. We see that if you engage with the community, um, you're significantly more likely to to keep your subscription um, active, which which is all part of that thesis: come for the community, stay for the con- Sorry, come for the content, stay for the
0: community. Great. So as we begin to wrap things up, I, I like to ask my um, my interviewees uh, um, one one last question, which is you know. Um, what is one lesson that you would like to instill upon our um, listeners that you've learned from from building uh, Finimize?
1: Good question. Um, so there's there's perhaps a bit of a recency bias here, but I but but I think uh, really understanding uh, your your brand promise. So once you have the mission, which I think is which I've mentioned now a couple of times, I think having a mission is absolutely crucial. Once you have the mission, then I think you really need to understand what's the brand promise? What's what's the promise you're making to your user that you're going to deliver to them and why they should stick with you rather than uh, a competitor? Um, and, and really nailing that and being crystal clear, I think is, uh, is going to catapult you forward massively.
0: Got it. Awesome. Well, Max, thanks so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Um, for those who want to... Subscribe to the newsletter, download the app, or if they want to follow you on um, social media, you know where where can they look? Yeah, so uh, you can find me personally on Twitter. So my handle is whole earth
1: web, whole earth web, all one word. Um, And then we have obviously Finimize across Twitter, Instagram, uh, and and LinkedIn. Uh, And you can sign up to our newsletter on Finimize.com for free. Um, or if you're interested in the app, then you can go to the Apple or uh, Google uh, app stores and download our app and uh, you get a free seven day trial and check out the app. And if you like it, then you can upgrade. If you don't like it, um, you, you don't pay anything. Um, so a bunch of things that you can try out.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. I'll have the, uh, the URLs in the uh, show notes for those who are listening or, or watching on YouTube. But until next time, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider giving us five stars on iTunes. If you're listening to us on YouTube, consider hitting the like button and commenting on what you enjoyed. I'd really appreciate it.